Hello, this is Brian Scuttle with Sonic Cinema. I'm pleased to present a recent interview I did with filmmaker David Shields on his movie Lynch, A History, which is currently playing on topic. It's the story of NFL running back Marshawn Lynch, and it opens up into a larger discussion on race and the expectations of quote-unquote good behavior that this country puts on uh, black people. And it's a really compelling documentary, whether you're a fan of Lynch or football or not, uh, because of the way that Shields opens up the conversation even greater with his uh, visual narrative. And here's that interview with David Shields. Let's start with the uh, most obvious question is that what was the inspiration behind making the movie? Well, I guess that the inspiration on the most literal level was 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 watching Marshawn Lynch being interviewed by Deion Sanders at Super Bowl 48. And I just thought, you know, who is this person? Like, who is this person who for whom every answer is this sort of magical mixture of eloquence, humor, rebellion, um, poetry, mm -hmm. cryptogram. I just felt like I was so impressed by his, those five minutes that I wanted to unpack who that person was. I mean, behind that, of course, I'm, you know, I've always have been interested in history, politics, race, media, sports, and that I had been trying to work on an adaptation of my book, Black Planet facing race during NBA season with the writer and director James Franco. Oh. And that project had come to an end. We just hadn't been able to figure out how to make the film work. And so when that film came into an end, I, I still wanted to explore all those issues, you know, again, sort of media, sports, race, history. And Marshawn would just stare me in the face. I I lived in Seattle. I was a fan of him as an athlete. I was increasingly riveted by his amazing ability to sort of deconstruct the media interview. Mm -hmm. I've always been interested in people who break the fourth wall. I've always been a very political person. And above all, I wanted, I just knew there was eloquence and magic and mystery behind. Marshawn's seemingly whimsical refusal not to talk. And so I sort mm -hmm. of went on a four-year journey, you know, clips and interviews and research to try to explain to myself and then an audience what was going on, mainly that, you know, behind silence, echo and mimicry that Marshawn was sort of conducting Mm -hmm. this rather this rather specific rebellion and i think that's what the film tries to make painfully clear to the audience yeah and that was one of the things i found most uh interesting about the movie is that it's while it's also while it is very much about getting to know marshawn lynch the athlete marshawn lynch the individual it also puts him in the larger context not only of people who have come out of Oakland who are rebellious, but also the larger conversation on race that we've 
found ourselves in over the past few years, um, starting with Ferguson and uh, including Colin Kaepernick's protest and how that resonated at the time in the NFL. And uh, I I think that was one of the most compelling things. I, I think before I watched it, I half expected it to be sort of akin to like uh, one of the uh, 30 on 30 on Lynch. But I right. I think the fact that it's more of a visual, it's it's almost a visual tone poem. And I think that, that makes it even more compelling than just having talking heads recounting this moment in history. Totally. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's just, it's very eloquent and very generous. I mean, you've really conveyed the essence of the film, both regarding the way the film feels, I hope, pretty timely and relevant and urgent right now, and also the way that is related to its methodology, that the last thing that we wanted was at either standards or a 30 for 30, or kind of the Ken Burns, Stan, your, you know, kind of biopic sports doc mm-hmm. film where, you know, that's the very thing that Marchand is pushing back against, which for me is this sort of white corporate business narrative. The last thing that we wanted to impose was sort of that upon Marchand's life. And instead that we wanted to make the film sort of feel like, you know, a GoPro camera was trapped inside of Marchand's helmet as he, mm-hmm. as he went on, you know, Beastquake 3.0. And that we constantly told ourselves, you know, to make the film feel like you're not watching television, but you're trapped in this very kind of frenetic, alive, unpredictable, violent, uh, crazy-making, culturally energized space. So that, you know, we have 700 clips in 84 minutes, a new clip every seven seconds or even more often. So the film feels like it's, you know, graffiti art or punk art or, Mm -hmm. you know, scratch art. And that felt to me very congruent with Marchand's stance, which is why I think that Marchand liked the film that, you know, we showed it in Oakland a year ago and he came up to me afterward and said, uh, you know, I wanted to hate on you, but I couldn't because you did a damn good job with it which, you know, was obviously very gratifying. Yeah. But I think part of it is the approach isn't, you know, that standard kind of white guy sports doc. You know, it's very much tries to be, you know, kind of scratchy, you know, and mm-hmm. raw, and, you know, very, um, you know, you know, I'm white, I'm 30 years older than Marshawn Lynch, but I'm trying to, in a way, l- let, Marshawn speak in the movie like it's it's his movie as much mm-hmm. as it is mine I'm just taking all the clips and running them together with a clear purpose but you know it's Marshawn's movie and it, it's his performance chops that obviously carry the film yeah and I think that's that's one of the most interesting aspects about the movie is that you don't have you don't have any like current interviews with Marshawn Lynch throughout the film for that for him to tell his story but at the same time i think one of the things that's so great about the film is the fact that i and it's good to hear that he he felt like you did a damn good job of telling his story because of the fact that i i think 
you know, I I'm a football fan, so it's like I I've, I've been aware of Marshawn Lynch for many years. I mean, I sure. remember I remember when that that Super Bowl where he basically answered every question with, you know, I'm here just so I don't get fined. And <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I I couldn't I didn't necessarily have a particularly strong uh response to it at the time i you know i i thought it was i thought it was quirky i thought it was enjoyable i thought it was funny but at the same time now that now that i have this um perspective in this larger context of who he is as an individual it it really throws that into a larger perspective on who he is and 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 sort of what he what is on his mind too and i think that you're able to get to that without having any like modern day interviews of him to put out there is, is really, really uh, compelling. Thanks a lot. I mean, that's very meaningful praise to me that, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, that was the challenge of the film. How can we convey that without having these interviews? I mean, part of me is that I wanted to avoid having those conventional gestures but part of it is that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, that we approached Marshawn and his representatives four years ago, four and a half years ago, and they said, you know, that we won't impede, but that we won't participate either. And so given that, we had only a few options. One, jettison the film. Two, interview his acquaintances. But I think he he would have asked them not to participate or they would have known not to participate, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, and then, you know, without Marshawn giving us the okay. And so in a way that we were forced back on our own resources, which in a way, several people, including Michael Smith of ESPN and other people have said is the best thing that could have happened to the film. Because, you know, if we had, you know, let's say we had had a three hour interview of Marshawn and that we had, you know, cut that into the film, in a way, it, it would have contradicted the whole purpose of the movie, which mm-hmm. is that there's eloquence in Marshawn's refusal to explain himself. And then in a way, if he is sitting there in front of my camera and explaining himself, it's like, hey, wait a minute. I thought this guy is the guy who doesn't care to be interviewed. And if he's suddenly being interviewed by by me, you know, a white filmmaker 30 years older than he is, then in a way it contradicts the whole stance of the film. And I think by, by forcing me, me into this collage or montage mode, I think it really sort of forced me to dig deep into Oakland and its making of Marshawn Buffalo and its, you know, creating a recoil in Marshawn from what he felt were invasive and racist sort of media inquiries to, you know, a temporary high of Seattle and then, Kaepernick and Trump making Marshawn's stance sort of of go Mm -hmm. viral and political, and then how he's handed it off as cultural legacy to the next generation of athletes. I think that my point is that, you know, I was disappointed at first that Marshawn chose not to participate, which was his total right. Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciated that he said that they want they would not impede, but above all, it forced me to ask myself, okay, what kind of movie do I really want to make? What, what thematic stakes are really here? 
what is the purpose of this film? It's not just a biopic or a sports pick. It's really about, you know, deep, deep parts of American history going back to, you know, the founding of the country and, you know, slaves being brought to this country 400 years ago. And so I think it forced me to dig deeper into the thematic substratum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I, I do think, or I hope that, you know, the kind of collage methodology of the movie fits pretty well in a way that I'm conducting my own mini film rebellion in a way, you know, I'm, I'm refusing to speak conventional documentary film language in a way that's slightly parallel to Marchant refusing to speak standard sports media um, language. So I think there's a kind of a funny parallel though that maybe helped mm-hmm. Marchand dig the film. I think if he had seen, you know, a standard sports doc, he would have said, well, it's okay, but it's one more yeah. pre- predictable thing. So yeah. anyway, obviously it was terribly <laughs> gratifying to mm-hmm. Marchand like the film. What was what was probably what was probably the most surprising thing that you learned on the uh, journey through making this movie? Boy, that's a there's so many things I learned. I mean, I learned a lot. You know, everything from from legal things to film things because you know I'm primarily a writer. This is the first film I made from beginning to end. Um, to you know cultural things, you know, whether I as a white filmmaker have the right to make the film, to the, you know, the, the, the joys and sorrows of collaboration. I had a whole group of people I work with. People would come and go. People would quit. They'd come back. I mean, uh, to the financial, I mean, it cost me over $100,000 to make the movie. I mean, just the financial thing of that. In terms of the actual material of it, what is the biggest surprise of it, of uh, I mean, I'm trying to to remember what those surprises were. Um, I guess the things that come to mind, you know, it's such a cliche about Marshawn Lynch, like he's from Oakland, blah, blah, blah. But I had no idea how profoundly he is a product of Oakland. That was a really important thing for me. Secondarily, I would say how much he is made by the fact that his mother said little but was always steadfast. Mm-hmm. His father talked a good game, but was totally AWOL. I think that hugely, hugely made him. That split between talk and action. You know, I'm all about that action, boss. I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that is a huge, huge part of who he is. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and then a third surprise for me was how much Buffalo changed him. He really did feel that his answers would get kind of, of racialized, cartoonized, and characterized by the Buffalo media. And I was surprised to, to understand how totally his stance was, at the very least, deepened and, in a way, invented in Buffalo. Like, he felt, if, if I don't talk, they can't corrupt my words. So mm-hmm. I guess the Buffalo chapter, even though it's sort of an outlier in the movie, that Buffalo chapter in the movie was a surprise to me where a Seattle I sort of knew about 
you know, the Oakland part I knew about, mm-hmm. but I would say, you know, so how much he was made by, oh, she was made by his mother and father's differences in, in words and action. And then how much Buffalo was a total, a total Waterloo for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Really nice talking with you. Same here.